0: These past two weeks, my heart, along with yours I know, has been heavy with the issues facing our world today, in particular racism and all the sorrows that come with it. All true believers know God hates racism, and He desires justice and righteousness in our world today, but we need to make sure we're fighting injustice God's way. Because you know what? The world we're living in can't even agree on how to fight it. My goal on this episode is to simply encourage you to seek out a biblical, nonpartisan perspective on racism and current events that will help you listen well, think critically, and take action God's way. You're listening to Working Upward, the thought provoking, gaze shifting, and action inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host. Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. I'm introducing a new segment here on the Working Upward podcast. I'm featuring a recommended tool or business right here at the beginning of each episode. If you would like your work at home business or resource to be featured here for free, you can apply using the link in my show notes, or just head on over to workingupward.com podcast, where you'll find the application link featured prominently. It's my way of supporting work at home business like yours. Welcome back friends to another episode of Working Upward. I'm so glad you're here and listening in. Last time I introduced a new business booster series, and that's still happening In fact, it's mostly ready to go. The next episode of that series, number two, or um, that will be episode 14. But I'm compelled to take a break from that to share about something way more timely and relevant. This is a heavy episode, but a needful one. As I share with you a few thoughts about responding to the issue of racism in a biblical, nonpartisan way, and I'll explain a bit more about that partisan thing here in just a minute. Two weeks ago this week, George Floyd was killed by a bad cop. The nation is raging, and rightfully so. And Black Lives Matter is in full force. We saw peaceful protesters everywhere doing the right thing and taking a stand against injustice and showing support for Black lives. And we're seeing a lot of people demonstrate a true willingness to listen to the stories of our Black friends and neighbors and their experiences with racism. We are growing in our understanding and our mourning with those who mourn. All of that is so good and necessary. We've also seen a lot of heart-wrenching violence, the destruction of property, and whole businesses burned to the ground, including those belonging to Black Americans. And we saw murder, including the murder of even more innocent Black lives. We saw police officers killed and robbery justified in the name of justice and we're even seeing an entire city move in the direction of not just defunding the police, but getting rid of police altogether. And of course, we're also seeing police vilified like never before, even the good ones. And the justification of that hatred, again, it's in the name of justice. And if you spend any time on social media that I know you're seeing hashtag Black Lives Matter post about listening to Black voices and understanding white privilege and and a lot of white people are apologizing for racism they didn't know they had until this point. And you also saw the black squares showing support for black lives and the fight against racism. Wow, all of this is so much to think through and to process. Yours truly even posted a black square because I wanted to show love and support for my fellow humans are hurting? And I ended up deleting that this week, not because I don't care or love and support Black people and Black lives, but number one, because I listened to several Black voices, just like I said I would in that post, and it turns out that there are Black men and women who don't appreciate those little Black squares. Public service announcement, not all Black people think the same way, and not all Black people are on board with the Black Lives Matter movement. And then number two, because I didn't want my post to be interpreted as support for the Black Lives Matter organization, um, because it promotes a view of family that contradicts God's word. And you can check that out on the, their About page on the What We Believe, and uh, make that determination for yourself. Black lives do matter, but unfortunately, there's an unbiblical agenda fueling the organization that makes it difficult for Christians who hate injustice but love and believe God's word, literally, to fully get behind the movement. But rest assured, that doesn't leave Christians helpless in taking a stand against injustice or racism. We don't need an official movement to tell us what to do, because God has not left us without the answer. Now, earlier, I emphasized having a non-partisan approach to our interpreting and understanding of the world around us. That's because although racism itself isn't a political issue, the ideas behind the root issues of racism and the solutions to fighting racism are radically different on each side of the political aisle. As Christians, we may find it easy to get really caught up with the politics of all of this. But if we're not careful, politics can play a part in distracting us from biblical truth. So let's review some of that truth that we do know. First, God is a God of justice. In Isaiah 51 verse 8, we read, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. Micah 6, 8 tells us, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? And then Hebrews 1.8 says, but about the Son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. And there's way more where that came from. In your search to understand more about racism, I encourage you also to do a biblical study of justice. That's going to help you so much as you filter news events and the message we're hearing all around us. And I'll include a recommended resource for that in the show notes. The second truth I want to remind you of is that God commands us to be compassionate and to defend the oppressed. Isaiah 117 says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless plead the case of the widow. Leviticus 19.15, do not pervert justice. Do not show par- partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. And there's a lot more, again, where that came from. The third truth, God is love. So he defines what love is, not anyone else. Here's how he tells us to love in First John 3.18. Little children, let us not love in word or talk but indeed, and truth. I think we can all agree that love is at the heart of our fight against racism and the injustices in the world, but we need to remember what love actually looks like God's way. We're not just supposed to talk about love. We're supposed to love in our deeds and, wait for it, truth. There are so many lies going around now and narratives that are missing the mark or pushing a specific agenda, telling people, including well-meaning, compassionate Christians, to read and immerse themselves in bad theology in the name of fighting racism. We need God's truth now more than ever. And the last truth here I want to talk about is we discern God's truth through his word. Let's talk counterfeit money here for a second Would you agree that the more we know about the real Bill, the more we'll recognize the counterfeit one? Absolutely. The same holds true when it comes to truth and lies. The more we know the real truth, the more we're going to recognize the lies. God's word is the real truth we need to examine and immerse ourselves in. Jesus, when praying to the Father, said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That's John 17, 17. How clear is that? And there's more where that comes from. Again, I'm just skimming the top here. So then alongside our study of God's word, what should we actually do? The mainstream narrative is that we're supposed to listen and learn all we can about racism and the Black person's experience with racism so we can recognize our white privilege, and then we need to speak up and take action. If not, we're complicit in the racism. There's a popular list of specific actions going around that includes reading a lot of books and watching movies, many of which are funded by liberal organizations, and several are written from agnostic viewpoints. Christian, there's Christians, there's another way, a nonpartisan way. It's a better way. Okay. And let me explain. Let me go through step by step. Um number one, first, pray for wisdom. God promises this to us with one condition that we but ask. James 1 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. How I mean, how clear can you be? All we have to do is ask, and not only is God going to give it to us, he's going to give it to us generously. So why not ask God right now? Why not ask him right now for that wisdom that you need every day, but especially at this time right now in our country? Here, I am going to pause for a moment. And friends, we definitely want God's wisdom and not earthly wisdom. Listen to this from James 3. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let me read that last part again. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We're seeing the opposite of this all over the place today, aren't we? We need God's wisdom, not earthly wisdom. The second thing you can do to take action is to listen well. I shared that in my deleted black square that I was listening. And I chose to specifically say that because listening to someone who's actually experienced racial profiling or racist remarks or other hardships related to their race and are hurting because of it, that's just the right thing to do. We can't sweep racism under the rug or pretend it doesn't exist. It does, and that shouldn't surprise us. It wasn't that long ago that America actually had segregation. And, and the sin of slavery is not something that just goes away once it's not there. Sin has consequences. It has ongoing effects. Um, so it should be no surprise to us that it is still present. The second action we can take is to listen well. I shared in my deleted black square that I was listening, and I chose to specifically say that because listening to someone who has actually experienced racial profiling or racist remarks or other hardships related to their race, that's just the right thing to do. We can't sweep racism under the rug or pretend it doesn't exist. It does, and that shouldn't surprise us. Slavery was sin, and it doesn't go away just because it stops. There's consequences of sin. And it wasn't that long ago that America actually had segregation. It doesn't just go away. Racist attitudes and thoughts get passed down from one generation to another. Now, we've come a long way in a lot of areas, but that doesn't give us any excuse not to believe that racism still exists. If a black person shares their story... They deserve to be heard. And the Bible has a lot to say about listening. Know this, my beloved brothers, that every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. James 1, nine, Philippians 2.4, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Don't turn a blind eye. Proverbs 18.13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. And then Proverbs eighteen fifteen: an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. It's so easy to think we know the answers, but if we start speaking before we really understand where someone else is coming from, especially someone who is hurt, that's a problem. Listening well is loving well and really does help us become aware of things we need to be aware of, even sin in our own heart, especially sin in our own heart. The third thing that we can do is to think critically. Be very careful in your thinking. Be quick to love God's way and to fight injustice and racism His way, but be wary of the bandwagon rolling by telling you to jump on and follow their orders. God has given you His orders. The Black Lives Matter message is telling you to listen to black voices. So does God. But he says, listen with compassion and discernment. The Black Lives Matter message is to speak up. Don't stay silent. Well, God tells us to do that too. But he says to speak the truth in love. We need to discern the truth before we attempt to speak the truth or respond to what we're hearing. The hashtag Black Lives Matter message is to take action by checking your white privilege, defunding the police. Some are saying to even dismantle the police entirely. And to donate to organizations that clearly have an anti-biblical agenda, all you have to do is look at look at their website. The Bible tells us to take action in other ways. Now, if this is coming across as maybe a little too critical or skeptical, let me remind you of the times we're living in. Here's what Jesus says about Satan in John 8. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We are living in a time of incredible deception. I mean, deception and lies have always existed, but um, especially now as we get closer to the second coming. First Peter 5.8 says, Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And First John 5.19 We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Uh, We we shouldn't, by default, trust everything around us. We need to be wary. We need to be on guard. Um, I especially love this next passage because not only does it emphasize the deception that's all around us, it emphasizes the source of truth. 2 Timothy 3, 13-17, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue on what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how the childhood childhood you have been acquainted with, from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, For correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. By the way, every good work includes fighting for justice. And all of that paves the way nicely to my last point of action, last but definitely not least, share the gospel. Some may say that this is a trite answer, that it's trivializing what is happening in our society, that it's too pat of an answer that it won't give us the actual change we need, that, that what we really need is a movement to get everybody on board with this fight against racism and police brutality, and it's time to take action, not preach, because pointing out someone's need for a savior, well, that's just victim shaming. But to believe the gospel is not the answer is to grossly underestimate God's knowledge of the human condition and his power to change hearts and bring justice to a nation. I want to draw your attention real quick to 2 Timothy 3 again, where we read a description of the last days and what people will be like. In verse 5, we read that they will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. The appearance of godliness, but denying its power. So let's talk about that power just a bit, shall we? We're not going to deny it. We are going to affirm it. And I'm talking about the power of the gospel, which literally means good news, and which consists of three elements summarized nicely in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 6. For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. That's the gospel. That's the good news of salvation. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised again, and he appeared to Cephas, the 12 and 500 more disciples. That's the gospel, and it's powerful. In Romans 1.16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Did you catch that? The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And in Paul's day, the big divide was between the Jews and the Greeks or the Gentiles. And today there's, of course, a racial divide. But make no mistake, the gospel is power and it's for everyone. And what happens after someone believes the gospel and receives salvation? Well, none of us are sinless yet. But we're more equipped to fight that sin more than ever before, because now we have the Holy Spirit enlightening us to the truth of God's Word and convicting us of our sin. We also have fellowship with other believers at church who can help us grow and fight sin, including the sin of hate, which is the root sin of racism. And we have the Word of God showing us the way, encouraging us, and guiding us, and giving us truth. The gospel completely transforms the individual, and the more individuals who are transformed— the more unity we have in this world below while waiting for God's final justice, which is coming soon. Now, to be clear, I'm not advocating for what some Christians know as the social gospel. The gospel, first and foremost, is the means to reconciliation with God. And then racial reconciliation is one of the many blessings that come afterward. So a quick review of the action points here. Seek and pray for wisdom. Listen well, think critically, and share the gospel. Those are the big categories, but there are a lot of other things you can do to fight racism and injustice biblically that correspond with with each of those action items. You can and should definitely speak up when you see racism. Remember what the Bible says about standing up for justice. And you can give to and get involved with organizations that help fight injustice in a way that aligns with God's way. It doesn't necessarily need to be a Christian group or organization. Just not anti-Christian, if you know what I'm saying. But the main point of action for all of us, I strongly believe, is to share the gospel. It's always been the primary need of man, not just right now. And I know sharing isn't always easy. I'm still praying about ways I can do this. I have another hobby website, social media Um, account called Hymns Illustrated, and I share hymn quotes on social media along with the hymn of the month to my email subscriber list because there's so much encouragement and truth found in our hymn books. So I plan to share way more hymns specifically about the gospel, but I know there's way more I can do than that. Working from home makes it harder to meet people, but there's that Starbucks barista or the cashier or well- Anybody you see when you're out and about let's you and me pray for more, more opportunities when we're out and about, as well as in the online space, since I know we're all here a lot because of our work. People need the Lord. All right, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. Go to my show notes and read, watch, and note the incredibly helpful resources I share there These have all helped me a lot in my understanding, and these are good supplements to your Bible reading as you move toward a biblical understanding of racism and serious social issues we're facing today. Thanks for listening to Working Upward. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode-related resources delivered straight to your inbox. WorkingUpward.com will take you directly to that sign-up link. Until next time, keep looking up.